Okay. Today, my guest is Professor Salvador Carmona. I'll keep my introduction short to maximize our time with him. In the next 30 minutes or so, we'll talk about Salvador as a person. Professor Carmona is a thought leader and an esteemed scholar, and finally, as a mentor to many PhD students and junior faculty. For the sake of time, I'll skip many of his accomplishments and give you a very quick snapshot. Salvador Carmona is director of the IE University and professor and dean at the business school in Madrid, Spain. He was named the 2023 AIB International Educator of the Year Award. Um, Rector Carmona is recognized internationally, both as an academic and a manager of educational institutions. Over the course of his career as an academic manager, in addition to his responsibilities at the IE University, he has overseen the national R&D plan in Spain in the area of economics and business management. He is a member of the editorial boards of 15 prestigious international academic journals. He has been the editor of the European Accounting Review, president of the European Accounting Association, and senior editor of Oxford Research Reviews. And is the author or co-author of a long list of articles, books, and teaching materials on international scope. Thank you, Salvador, for joining us. Thank you, Arikan. Thank you very much to you for your kind introduction. Thank you. Salvador, what did you want to become when you were a child? Um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to study business administration because I had uh, um, a long tradition in my family of uh, people um, doing business administration studies. My mom was, um, you know, studied, uh, I, uh, you know, um, uh, business administration and also, you know, uncle and, uh, you know, many cousins, uh, they did the business administration. So it was part of the family tradition and I wanted to do business administration myself. Um, if I can be a little bit more specific, um, you know, the tradition was a little bit uh, more on the accounting side. Mm -hmm. And this is what I did, finally, yeah. And uh, what was the earliest moment of recognition or uh, awareness between domestic versus foreign foreign? Uh, you know, the, the, the main thing for me, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the domestic versus um, the international forum, uh, that had to do with, um, um, you know, the, the fact that um, Spain, uh, you know, when I was uh, doing my university studies, uh, was very much, uh, you know, a very isolated country. And, um, and there was a main tendency to move forward in the sense of, uh, you know, becoming more international. And, uh, and this is something that, uh, you know, we learned, you know, people of my, of my age, we learned, and we tried to, to, to become as international as we could. Uh, and that was not easy because, uh, you know, just to give you an example, I mean, uh, a funny example, for example, in Spain, it was very difficult to get an international passport, a passport, if uh, you had not uh, done the military service for people not to go away, okay, and uh, not doing the military service and, you know, and staying in a, in a foreign country. Okay, but that was not easy, okay, but uh, it was my intention, yeah. Huh. Uh, and how did you decide to get into uh, international business or international accounting uh, topics? How was the natural progress? Is, is it a natural progression or? Uh, well, I mean, it was something that uh, it was something that uh, you know I have to say it was in my uh, in my uh, on my mind uh, all the time. But um, uh, you know, most importantly is uh, because uh, you know the 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 mentors that I had at the University of Seville at that time, they were um, very humble people, 
and they were very uh, knowledgeable people. Of course, I mean, they were very much focused on, uh, on, on Spain and the Spanish regulation and so forth, but they were very wise people. And they were trying to, uh, to convey to us as um, junior scholars, the idea that uh, the only thing that we knew uh, as uh, Socrates would say, is that we were knowledgeable about our own ignorance. And that was the main thing. And then, you know, uh, knowing about that, you know, that meant that uh, for us, it was very important to develop the intellectual curiosity. And in Spain, that was something that uh, it was not easy to develop, uh, in accounting particularly, that was very much focused on accounting standards. So if you wanted to do something different from accounting standards or normative accounting, um, I mean, you have to go international. What was the progression from being an academic, pure academic, writing papers, doing presentations to the management of academic sites? Uh, well, I can um, tell you a little bit something funny with respect to this. I mean, and, and that was how uh, I published my first international paper. I mean, this is going to take a little bit, uh, a little bit of time, but I think it's, um, you know, it's something which is illustrative of how was the situation in Spain at that time. You know, my, my wife is also a professor of, uh, of a, professor, a university professor. She's a professor of management. And she did, uh, you know, her doctoral uh, dissertation on fuzzy set theory. So we decided to prepare a paper on the fuzzy set theory and financial ratio analysis. So we prepared a paper and we wrote this paper in English. We presented the, this paper in a conference in the United States. And then, you know, after presenting the paper, there was not a single question. And then, you know, our knowledge was so bad that we decided that we had persuaded everybody because there was no questions at all. So when we got back to Spain, what we did was to translate the paper into Spanish and submit the paper for publication to a Spanish journal, okay, that was a you know, practitioner journal. I think it was the only paper that they rejected, you know, in the entire life of the, of the, of the journal. <laughs> so what we did was to translate the paper back into English and then, you know, one day we found, uh, you know, a journal that uh, looked quite interesting. You know, it was, uh, you know, the, it was very well, the bundles were very interesting uh, and very well made. And then we submitted the paper to that journal for publication consideration. So we received the referees comments and we did not expect any kind of uh, comments from the referees. Actually, we felt really, you know, really very bad for these comments because, uh, you know, the comments were really, you know, bad, you know, for our understanding at that time. So we decided not to resubmit the paper. Okay, but one day we had a colleague, one of these uh, wise colleagues that uh, I mentioned to you before, mentor at home. And then we showed him, okay, how is possible that people be, you know, so ugly, you know, with a referee, <laughs> in a referee like this. And then he said, so we are not going to resubmit the paper. And then he said, are you crazy? The paper is nearly there. Why don't you, you know, resubmit the paper and you will see how the paper is going to be accepted. So we did the revision, we resubmitted the paper and the paper was accepted. But the thing is that, uh, you know, at that time in Spain, uh, you know, the Spanish Ministry of uh, Education was implementing the um, research assessment exercise, like the one that is being implemented in the, in the, in the UK at that time, something like that. So we were granted, both of us, we were granted, you know, the, um, the research assessment exercise because it's pass or fail. Uh, so we passed. And then because of this, we received an offer from Carlos III University, Charles III University, which is, uh, it was a brand new university, very international, was going to be very international. And that changed our life. So you can see how, 
you know, lucky we were in the sense that, uh, you know, we presented the paper, you know, if the paper had been accepted in the uh, Spanish practitioner journal, I mean, probably we, would, we wouldn't be so international as we are right now. But, uh, you know, a life change because of this uh, kind of, um, of uh, lucky coincidence. Interesting. Um, something that is not on your CV that people might find interesting about you as a person. Well, I think uh, you know that um, um, I like uh, uh, I like music uh, very much, and I like uh, nearly all kind of music. Uh, for example, I like um, uh, classic music, um, you know, and um, conductors like, uh, for example, Fud Bengla is uh, one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, conductors. I also like very much uh, Brazilian music. Uh, okay, the you know the old bossa nova with uh, Vinicius, uh, you know Toquinho, Antonio Carlos Jovin, you know John Gilberto, Maria Creusa, okay, and the new I mean not so old people, you know um, Jorge Aragao, Seca Pagodinho, okay, uh, Beth Carvalho, uh, and also you know I like a flam you know flamenco. Uh, which is the Spanish music. And I like particularly something that uh, perhaps, you know, for international people can be interesting. And these are the flamenco versions of some well-known well-known songs. Like, uh, for example, Can Takes My 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 Eyes of You. Okay, there is a version by uh, Alba Molina, which is an outstanding one. Or uh, Melanie Safka, uh, she's from New York, but she has a wonderful flamenco version of I Will Survive. Okay, that I recommend to everybody, and also Ketama is, uh, uh, you know, uh, performing a wonderful version of uh, a Brazilian song, which is uh, Flor de Lis. Just to give you a sense of this. So music is one of my favorite things. Yes. Do you play anything yourself? No, no, no. I don't play, and I don't, and I don't sing. Uh, I can tell you, my 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 mother was one of the most generous persons in the world. Uh, I remember that it was, uh, you know, in the, uh, you know, mass services, uh, you know, when I was a little child and I was singing there. And then, you know, a lady that was sitting beside me told me that I was singing really, very well. So I went home uh, and I and I told my mom that uh, and that um, that uh, that lady had told me that uh, I was singing really, very well. And my mom, uh, you know, who was a very generous person, told me, Salva, never trust that lady. Okay, so <laughs> so what I did was not to sing again. Okay, uh, uh, if you could do it all over again, what would be the second best uh, career path for you? Well, um, you know, second best career for me uh, most likely would be um, as um, as a, um, um, a member of the um, a civil servant, uh, a civil servant doing um, you know tax uh, you know tax inspector. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I, I would have wished uh, to do uh, really very much. Yes. Okay. Uh, regrets in life. Anything you wish you would have done or done differently? Well, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I feel really very fortunate for the kind of life that I have had. Uh, I would have wished, uh, you know, just... Uh, uh, keeping you know some friends that uh, pass away, you know, keeping you know keeping them with me uh, here alive, because I, it was a very um, much a learning opportunity for me. That that is actually the only thing. But other than that, I mean, I'm very you know very fortunate with my family, also with my professional life, and I think that I receive uh, much more than what I deserve. Yes. Uh, what are you most proud of? Well, um, I am particularly um, proud of uh, my friends. 
Okay, so I think that they have uh, really very good frames. Uh, that uh, as the famous uh, um, song of uh, of uh, that is being uh, that is being the sun uh, in uh, Liverpool uh, soccer, uh, you know, soccer um, stadium. Okay, they they are people that uh, will never me to work alone, and uh, so I am very proud of them. Uh, let's talk about some research uh, in general terms. Uh, let's say you're stranded on the road. Uh, people are uh, curious about you in this pub that you're seeking shelter in. Uh, how do you explain your research to people who don't read uh, accounting journals or business journals in general? Uh, and why your research is important? Well, I think... Um... I think that, that uh, one, that, you know, in terms of intellectual curiosity, uh, one thing that um, appealed to me since uh, I was a little, um, uh, you know, young scholar, was uh, the extent to which the, you know, the international condition, I mean, the institutional conditions of um, uh, settings that are not very well, you know, addressed in international publications, you know, can help to the theorization of accounting and management. Uh, and I think this is, uh, in my view, I think this is the case with uh, the Spanish setting, uh, Latin American, uh, Latin American setting as well. That um, you know, I I try to address as well, uh, where the, you know the institutional conditions are significantly different from those that uh, are usually published in, in international journals, and can help not just to make a contribution in terms of new settings but can help to make a contribution in terms of, uh, you know, contributing to the theorization of uh, accounting and management. Yes. Huh. And uh, when we talk about research going forward, uh, in your opinion, what are the underdeveloped, underutilized, uh, understudied areas in IB? Well, um, you know, in, in I mean, I can I can I can tell you about IEB from the from the standpoint of um, an accounting scholar. Okay? Yeah, yes. and um, you know, with respect to this, uh, you know, I have um, um, a paper. I have I have to I have to mention okay, it's a draft with uh, three co-authors: uh, Gilad Livne, Igor Filatochev, and Jan Fish. That uh, this paper is um, you know uh, an introduction to a special issue on accounting and, and international business. And, uh, you know, in the, in the introductory piece, I mean, the, we identify, uh, we identify with respect to accounting, two main areas, okay, in accounting. One of them has to do with the convergence of, uh, inter uh, of uh, management accounting practices. Uh, the convergence of uh, uh, management accounting practices is something which is um, um, an important debate in, the, uh, in management accounting research. And, uh, and the thing is that right now, you know, this is uh, under research with respect to what happens in terms of uh, the convergence of uh, international uh, of uh, management accounting practices in the international arena. Uh, in the case of uh, emerging economies, for example, we don't know very well. I mean, what is the role of technology in the you know in the convergence of uh, management accounting practices, and also you know the the increasing role of markets, like, uh, for example, the roles of uh, services, like, for example, the case of Amazon. This is something which is, uh, you know, really very, uh, very, you know, under research in, uh, in uh, management accounting research, uh, 
you know, with respect to the uh, convergence of uh, management accounting practices. Also, right now, uh, for example, the impact of a macro crisis, like, uh, for example, the, the COVID-19 or the Ukraine war that uh, is creating, you know, very significant uh, problems on the supply chain is something that uh, is under research in, um, in management accounting. Yes. Okay. Just to refer to management account. About interdisciplinary research, uh, obviously uh, you have some thoughts on how to do interdisciplinary research, how to borrow uh, from different disciplines. Uh, what's your take on the, uh, the the progress of international accounting uh, research on borrowing from other disciplines, uh, sister disciplines, economics, finance? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's uh, doing really, uh, really very well. Of course, I mean, we have, we still have to make uh, some more progress. I mean, no question about this. Uh, for example, you know, everything related to um, uh, international accounting standards is something that is, um, you know, um, uh, investigation, I mean, research is uh, very well developed. I mean, about which are the, the main drivers of, uh, of uh, accounting standardization. Uh, across uh, different countries, but uh, this is something that uh, you know applies to financial accounting and not so much to uh, not so much to management accounting. Something that uh, perhaps uh, you know creates uh, new avenues for further research. This has to do with uh, environmental accounting, in my view. So environmental accounting uh, right now is strongly focused on disclosure. Okay, and this very much has to do with what I mentioned before about. Uh, uh, international uh, international standardization, but uh, further research, for example, on uh, on social accounting, uh, further research on sustainability, on governance, uh, on uh, the supply chain, for example, you know how multinational companies are um, conforming to um, uh, environmental practices in their uh, headquarters, but they are not so much, uh, or or maybe they are uh, so much interested in uh, implementing environmental um, you know uh, sustainable practices in the uh, across the supply chain is something that uh, you know can uh, can be extremely helpful also you know the uh, with respect to uh, environmental accounting focusing on non listed firms is something that is uh, would be really very interesting and um, you know getting back to management accounting in terms of environmental accounting i think that uh, the development of uh, metrics to measure, uh, you know, the sustainable practices in a in a very precise uh, manner is something that uh, can still benefit from uh, further research. Uh, in your in your not opinion actually, uh, what do you observe? Do emerging market firms uh, view these international standards more uh, suitable for them, or is it uh, developed markets that uh, that use them to their advantage? Uh, or you know, you know in, the, in the in developed markets this is something which is uh, you know very much uh, very much implemented i mean this is not uh, um, this is not i don't think this is an issue uh, you know the main areas would be you know for non listed firms okay. if they are you know uh, operating in the developed or underdeveloped uh, countries and also in underdeveloped countries or emerging economies this would be the this would be the key in my view yes and when you talked about environmental accounting uh, you're talking about uh, carbon footprint counts. Carbon footprint, for example, yeah, this is uh, this is key. Yeah, this is a, a key issue. Uh, I think that uh, you know there is a, a regulation on that, and in terms of disclosure, this is something which is being done. 
Uh, and I think, uh, you know, companies are, um, you know, implementing this in a very uh, reliable way. Uh, but as I said, I mean, there are issues, uh, you know, with respect to how to move, you know, beyond disclosure, beyond the disclosure, which is being, uh, you know, implemented from uh, the United Nations regulation or from international accounting standards. Yes, I think this this would be the, the specifics. Yes. How does one get non-listed firms to publicly disclose information? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that, uh, you know, for non-listed firms, there is no uh, such uh, pressure okay, to, uh, you know, to disclose this kind of information. What I can say is that uh, I think this is a mistake, okay, on the part of non-listed firms. Uh, for example, you know, in um, um, in um, a paper that was published, um, you know, several years ago in organizational studies by, uh, you know, with two co-authors, um, you know, we tested one of the main uh, principles of uh, population ecology. And that had to do with uh, the extent to which, you know, accountability is something that can help organizational survival. Okay, so when the firms are providing voluntary disclosures, voluntary disclosures of uh, their internal practices, at the end of the day, okay, they can have, uh, you know, higher survival prospects than their counterparts that are not doing that. And I think this is something that, uh, that is very important, not only you know in the you know with respect to just you know um, uh, survival, but in the sense that if you are accountable with respect to this, at the end of the day you are implementing you know really very good practices in your firm, and at the end of the day this will have a very good effect, a very good impact on uh, you know the performance of your firm and the recognition by by the market and the, you know and external stakeholders. And this data is from Spanish firms. Yeah, we did that with uh, Spanish firms. I mean, that uh, research, uh, that was with the Spanish newspapers. Mm -hmm. We used uh, the whole population of Spanish newspapers uh, during the period 1966 to 1992. Okay, mm -hmm. the reason why we stopped in 1992, it was uh, because there was another regulation that, uh, you know, created uh, multimedia, multimedia, uh, you know, um, conglomerates. Okay, and we were not talking about individual uh, newspapers. And then one thing that we did was to split the um, the observation period from 1966 to 1977. This is during the Franco dictatorship and then during the democracy. So interestingly, during the Franco dictatorship, there was no any kind of relationship between accountability and survival. But <laughs> during the democracy, you know, there was a very strong relationship between accountability and survival. Of course, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um... Uh, from your window, uh, thinking about the IP scholarship and its evolution over time, uh, what can you say about the evolution of the field in general? With respect to accounting also, uh, from where we were to where we're headed to. Uh, is this a fruitful evolution? Uh, are we forgetting something along the way? Yeah, well, I think the evolution is very positive, I, I have to say. I mean, I conducted... Um, I conducted a, a, you know, some research, uh, you know, uh, several years ago, trying to see, you know, the extent to which, uh, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Anglophone scholars, uh, you know, were quoting, you know, papers published, okay, by uh, non-Anglophone scholars, okay, in international, in international, um, in international uh, journals. 
and you know and the, you know the thing is that uh, you know the, the the you know the gross referencing was extremely low was extremely low um so the, i think that that was published um, you know many many years ago and uh, and and i think that that situation has changed so i think that uh, you know the uh, the willingness to become more international on both parts on the on the, on the side of uh, non anglophone uh, scholars to become more international to publish in international journals uh you know i think it's uh, higher and higher as um, you know for example is the case in the, in the case of the spanish uh, the spanish academics okay but uh, you know in many other in many other uh, jurisdictions and at the same time i think that uh, you know the uh, the willingness from uh, you know uh, scholars established in the um, in the, uh, in anglophone countries uh, where you know the main journals are established, uh, you know to uh, consider publications that are making a contribution to the theory, uh, no matter whether they are based on um, anglophone uh, settings or non-anglophone settings. I, I think is also higher and higher. So I think this is uh, you know the trend is a very positive trend, and I have to to thank uh, you know the. You know the editors of these um, um, major journals for uh, you know for being so open with respect to this, and I think uh, you know we have to also to to try to promote you know this kind of uh, um, this kind of research in, uh, in 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 settings in tiny space intersections that are not uh, you know heavily published in uh, international journals. For example, I can tell you that, uh, you know, to them, um, when I've served as editor of uh, uh, European Accounting Review, uh, you know, one of the activities that uh, we performed was uh, to, um, to, um, to launch a workshop on uh, uh, writing to publish. And then that workshop on writing to publish uh, was, uh, you know, held in, uh, in Prague and was targeting, you know, Eastern European countries and Eastern European scholars, so that they could feel, you know, uh, you know, which was the support of, uh, you know, the uh, international community for them to publish in the international journals. Uh, thank you. Um, Salvatore, when you uh, first started, uh, when we first started this conversation, you mentioned you had mentors in uh, Sevin and you learned a lot from them. What was the one or two memorable quotes that you can remember? What was the advice that they uh, gave you uh, for a successful career? Um, you know, can, I didn't hear you well. Can you? What was the uh, one of uh, one, what was the best advice you received so far from your mentors? Well, the best. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much. Sorry, the best advice. Uh, you know that uh, I that I ever received and that, and I can tell you, um, you know, hope, I mean, helped me a lot to start an academic career uh, was, you know, in the academia, you are your own boss. So all what you study, all what you learn is for yourself. Okay. So the more you do, okay, the better for yourself. You became, you know, uh, you became, um, um, you know, some, someone that is going to, to grow in terms of intellectual curiosity. This is uh, one, and the other one is that, uh, you know, what I mentioned to you before, uh, it's also, uh, you know, very much illustrated in a, in a book that I am reading right now by a colleague of mine here at uh, I University, Santiago Iniguez. The book is on philosophy. And he says that, uh, um, that uh, management is uh, philosophy in action. 
and uh, and he's quoting uh, Socrates when he's saying, you know, the only thing that I know is that I know my own ignorance. So the more that you do in terms of uh, you know uh, of uh, cultivating your ignorance is uh, the way in which you can become uh, you know um, a better a better scholar and somebody who is going to be humble and, and, and humility is going to 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 drive to drive all your all your activities. And I want to talk about your award, uh, the International Educator of the Year Award. Uh, it's a huge accomplishment, obviously. Congratulations once again. Uh, how did you do that? How does one get the International Educator of the Year Award? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I I did not, I didn't know about this. It came to me as a surprise. Uh, you know, I already know that somebody proposed me to, you know, to the to the committee. Um, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to disclose uh, the name of this person, sure. Sure. but uh, but uh, you know it came to me as a surprise, and I can tell you that um, that I feel really honored and humble for this because I did not expect that, and and I feel really overwhelmed by by this uh, recognition. Sure, I understand. So, what's your philosophy for teaching, for educating masses? Um, also, as a manager of universities, uh, educational institutions, what's the philosophy? Yeah, well, the, our philosophy, I mean, the, the philosophy also, you know, has to do with uh, what I mentioned to you before uh, in terms of uh, humility and modesty. This is something that we try to instill in our students as much as we can, because, uh, you know, the thing is that, uh, you know, the, the way that uh, somebody can recognize its own limitations is uh, what is going to lead to self-improvement at the end of the day. So we try to instill this in our in our students. Uh, you know, the student body at uh, I University is very international. Uh, just to give you a sense of this, uh, this year, you know, the intake uh, that uh, we had in September uh, 2022, 76% uh, of the students were international. Uh, I'm talking about bachelor degree students. Uh, for example, you know, in the um, in our master degree program, 92% of the students are international. But uh, you know, this is another level. Um, so, um, you know, for all of them, you know, that uh, they have a different culture where they can learn from the instructors, but uh, at the end of the day, what they can learn is uh, from their, uh, you know, our classmates, and they can learn a lot of things from their classmates, and this is going to make their experience, uh, you know, really enjoyable, and it's going to position them, you know, in a, um, you know, in a very competitive way in the job market. Uh, in addition to that, I mean, one thing that we try that is going to be horizontal to everybody is uh, the sense of uh, modesty and humility. And now with respect to the contents, uh, one thing that we try to do is uh, to have something that we call the IE University module. And then the IE University module is something that all students have to take disregarding what's going to be what's going to be their, um, their bachelor degree program or their master degree program. So in the IE University module, I mean, we have uh, ethics because uh, we think that, uh, you know, there is no uh, compromise between the, you know, business and ethics. So you can um, uh, perform really very high on both sides of the coin. Uh, entrepreneurship, this is something which is very much in our DNA. Um, is, this is not only uh, taught to students that um, are going to, um, to launch their own business, but we try to, 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 uh, to instill creative thinking 
in all of them, no matter whether they are going to, to work as uh, civil servants. And then, you know, sustainability. This is uh, critical to us. You know, for example, you know, our university is uh, carbon zero uh, in terms of emissions uh, since uh, 2020. And, uh, and, and this is something that we try to, uh, to convey to our students. So modesty and humility and this the IE module is something that is going to be transversal for all our students, no matter the degree. Perfect, thank you. Uh, Salvador, last question. Uh, what's the question that I should have asked you about Evans? Well, um, the, the only, perhaps the, the, I don't know, the only question is uh, why, uh, you know, um, I have been uh, wasting, so to speak, my time doing historical research, uh, account, uh, research in accounting history. And I think that, um, that uh, this is something that, um, that uh, I have done because of the intellectual curiosity that I mentioned to you before, because I think that the time-space intersection uh, that uh, happens, uh, you know, when we go back in history, is uh, uh, can be um, really very good in terms of making contributions to uh, to extend knowledge. Uh, for example, just to give you an example, you know, I conducted research with some co-authors on the Royal Tobacco Factory of Seville. The Royal Tobacco Factory of Seville was one of the largest companies in the 18th century in the world. It had more than 1,500 employees. Uh, it was located in Seville, and uh, they had a supply chain that uh, was really very complex because they had to bring tobacco from Latin America. And then the thing is that uh, you know the received wisdom in uh, in uh, in accounting research is that the earliest. Um, uh, cost accounting systems were implemented uh, in the British industrial during for companies in the British Industrial Revolution uh, as a way to improve efficiency. Um, and then, you know, we found a company that was operating under strict monopolistic conditions. Okay, and the cost system was as sophisticated as the cost systems of the of those companies in the British Industrial Revolution. Why that happened uh, if this was a monopolistic company? Well, what we found is that they tried to, I mean, they did that to avoid smuggling because Tobago was really very expensive at that time. Okay, so it was a way of controlling the smuggling. And at the same time, it was a way of uh, controlling, controlling uh, uh, operations at a distance. So accounting, cost accounting systems were helping a lot, you know, to uh, control uh, to control operations at a distance. And these were the two main reasons uh, why that happened. And in a sense, I mean, this is something that complements, okay, the, the view of uh, competitive companies in the British Industrial Revolution implementing early cost management accounting systems. Salvador, thank you for your time. I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience will agree with me. Thank you. Thank you very much to you, Arikan. Thank you very much for your time.